Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome. It's Wednesday morning. It's January 6th. I'm a year older, and I'm feeling it today. I I was feeling great yesterday. Well, I mean, the day before I turned 46, and now, man, guys, I I probably have a week left, so you guys are going to have to take over this podcast once I die over the weekend. It's going to be tough, but welcome to Highland Podcast. Yeah, check us out online. Uh, Be a Patreon. Check our Patreon page and check out our podcast page, because right now, guys, we are up to eight places where you can see the Ohioan podcast. We just are recently got added to Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. So there's a lot of great ways of checking us out. Um, and also check out Chase Bank, our main sponsor. Um, sign up, click the link here on the podcast, um, set up an account, and as well, um, put direct deposit on, and you get 200 bucks. So we're paying you to listen to this podcast. How many podcasts can say that? Nobody. Well, guys, the news was crazy yesterday um, at my work. I work with Gannett, and we were just busy all day because lots of crazy stuff was happening. Um, Craig, we let's leave with some sports. Uh, lots of talk about the Browns and Steelers, and a big story that might impact this game. Uh, what did you hear about it? Well, uh, it sounds like the NFL still wants to play, but the Cleveland Browns are going to be without a lot of key people, including head coach Kevin Stefanski, who also calls the plays for the Browns, a a brilliant offensive mind, uh, has been a great offensive coordinator in this league and got this job off the strength of his offensive genius, but he has tested positive for COVID. Pro Bowl guard Joel Batonio also is expected to miss this game after a positive test. So when it rains, it pours for Cleveland. They get in the playoffs first time in 18 years. They're going to play on the road against their hated rivals, the Steelers, and they're going to be without really two key members of their team. Uh, Also uh, wide receiver Kaderil Hodge, uh, tight end coach uh, Drew Petzing, and uh, defensive passing game coordinator and defensive back coach Jeff Howard uh, look like they may be out of this game as well. So, you know, it just – it doesn't seem like it's uh, you know a good fit here for the Browns as they head into their first playoff game in 18 years, but they're still in the playoffs at least, so they have a chance. But uh, just wanted to see what you guys think about all the uh, the COVID issues surrounding the Browns, and, and the NFL has also said they don't believe that this is a sort of an in-person contact issue with Cleveland, so that's why the game is still essentially going to be played Sunday night. 
Yeah, and it also not just that, and this shouldn't impact their stats for the game, but Jagarit, I believe that's his first name, Willis, the first round pick of the Browns, and um one of the receivers got picked up on a drag racing uh, ch- charge. I mean, there was there was cited. It's not uh, it's not a crime. It's not a felony for what they did. But they're drag racing in a suburban Cleveland. And I'm trying to find the tweet. They both kind of blew it off and were laughing about it. And I guess one of them deleted their tweet uh, based on that. So, man, uh, crazy day for Cleveland. Um, Brandon, I know you didn't pick up on the story. Um, is it Browns being Browns, I guess? Uh, no, I, I was as far as um, the drag ace, maybe, but uh, yeah. you know, the COVID cases, I think there, I mean, as far as, unless the, I haven't heard any reports of, you know, players or coaches being acting irresponsibly, um, just from what I could see a little bit on Twitter. I mean, most of the people are saying, oh, it, the, the, the sole responsibility of not getting COVID is on you, but you know, we, you and me, um, we are all wearing masks. We could sanitize our hands, wash our hands. Go out to a grocery store, and you know who knows? We might, we might catch COVID. It's not a hundred percent guaranteed. I mean, I don't know what else. You know, as far as uh, uh, from a COVID perspective, I don't know what else uh, you can do. As long as you're, even if you're following all the protocols, it's 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 a gamble. It's just about reducing your uh, your risk. I do. I did laugh though. Someone had said, you know, why why not let a um, uh, the head coach, um, you know, make the calls, call the plays from home, you know, <laughs> do it, right. a, a zoom in call. Um, I think uh, someone even had a nice Photoshop image of a robot or a drone following, following and arguing with the ref with the ref. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't see, I don't think the NFL is going to allow it, but, you know, I think, I think that should be a consideration in the future as long as we're in this pandemic. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's it, it just, I will say one thing that struck me was um, Aaron Rodgers, um, quarterback for the Packers. He was on the Pat McAfee show, and they were asking him about that. And every team is different, but he really expressed shock because with the Browns, it wasn't just what happened yesterday. They've had some COVID concerns over the past several weeks, and a lot of people say, and probably rightfully so, that you know that's they lost to the Jets because you know four of their receivers were in close contact with a guy that had COVID. And because of that, you know, you know, they were shorthanded and, you know, that probably led to their loss. Um, But it was funny. Aaron Rodgers was just like, look, I don't know why it's that big of a problem because he's like, for me, I just go home, rest, everything's good. And you're right. I mean, no matter any time you're out in the public, you can mask up as much as possible. You can still get COVID. It was just weird how it keeps happening to certain teams. Like you don't hear that as much with the Packers and some other teams. And it seems to be something that really struck the Browns. And I, I might, I mean, as a Steelers fan, I think it's kind of amusing. I probably make the game a little bit easier for us as Steelers fans. I'm, but I don't want anyone to get COVID, but I, I think Aaron Rodgers words were kind of interesting. Yeah. But you know what though, in this case, I don't necessarily agree with him because it's easy to, to sort of play. And, and this is, maybe ironic to say this, but Monday morning quarterback on this and say, well, my advice is don't get COVID. Well, like Brandon just said, there are so many ways that you could become exposed to it that you really just, I mean, it could be something as simple as, you know, a player gets back from the facility, maybe his wife, girlfriend, or child or partner 
has it and passes it on to them and unwillingly, knowingly, you know, unwillingly passes it on. And then all of a sudden there's an outbreak. So it's, it's easy to say, well, don't get COVID, but you know, what are we saying to the millions of people that have gotten COVID before versus, you know, I guess I'm not surprised by these comments by Aaron Rodgers. He's kind of always been a little bit uh, abrasive, uh, especially towards, you know, other teams, the media. So I guess I'm not surprised that he said something like this, but I just don't agree that just don't get COVID because you can be very careful. You can wear your mask and you can still get COVID. I had a family member that wore wore their mask all the time. They ended up getting COVID and you just don't know. I mean, most of these cases I asked him, I was like, how did you get it? And he's like, I have no clue. I, I just don't know. So it's easy to say that, but you know, and it's easy to kind of beat a team down. And But, look, the NFL is not going to step in on this situation. I, I just don't see it. The Denver Broncos literally played a full NFL game with no quarterback. They had all three of their quarterbacks out on, on COVID reserve, and they made them play that game against the Saints in November. It's not going to change anything what they do with the Browns. This is a playoff game especially, so you know the NFL has got to keep that slot. They don't want to have to push it back to Monday or Tuesday. And realistically, <laughs> even if they did push it back to Monday or Tuesday, would that be enough time to to allow everybody to be, you know, in that quarantine or whatever their, you know, their their status would need to be to, to follow protocol? So it's going to be played no matter what. And, you know, you feel sorry a little bit for the Browns because they finally get in the playoffs and now they're kind of dealing with this gigantic mess. Yeah, and it happens. And like I said, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to really – post fun or anything um it's it just weird it's just another thing for the browns um i wanted to bring up because you know covid happens i don't want to mock uh people who had covid but uh jedrick willis and, and he's your first round draft pick uh, offensive lineman he's done pretty well for the browns brandon i don't know if you can see this on the screen what do you think about this tweet from him so nobody's ever tried to beat someone off the line at red light for max 30 meters uh, I'm not sure what LGHT means. Do you do you know, Brandon? Uh, I have not. Man, my I'm sorry. My, okay. my, I got to go back to my acronyms. <laughs> okay, and he said, blowing it way out proportion, LK, y'all, Road Ragers. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Come on, Jedrick. You know, it just kind of shocks me a little bit. Needs but, to go back and watch Back to the Future trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, episode two and three. Well, I don't want to sit here being the moral police and just start screaming at people for doing uh, stuff. But it's right; it's a blown out proportion, kind of. You know, like a little got he got sided. We move on, live another day. Well, um, and with but, all the Browns' COVID issues, I, I can't believe it's going to affect their stats in the game. I mean, the story was talking about they could get fined a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks, and for NFL players, that's like a dime for us. So you know, it's. It is what it is. So, yeah, um, but are you guys thinking the Browns are going to have a harder time to win now with everything going on? Yeah, it was already going to be an uphill battle, but it's, you know, without Stefanski, without some of these key players, yeah, it's going to be a real challenge. If they win, it would be in, in not a miracle per se, but it would certainly be a huge upset at this point. Brandon, any hopes of Browns win? Are you, are you putting Browns, the one point Browns will win. Browns will win decisively. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. See, I don't want to say anything because in some ways I feel better. It was kind of uh, made me feel better about the game as a Sewers fan, but you never know. I mean, and 
heck, it's Wednesday morning, and that's one of the reasons why it's good we're doing it daily, because everything could change by the end of the day. Maybe half the Steelers team will come out of COVID today, yeah. and tomorrow morning we'll be like, oh, this is horrible for Steelers fans. So, I don't know. I mean, good news, I guess, if you're a Steelers fan in terms of if you're going to win the game based on what happened yesterday, but hey, everything could change again. You never know. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I didn't get to talk about this at the beginning of the episode. Um, our other part of our podcast, uh, George Thomas was on. I taped that the other night. Um, and it is available on iTunes and your podcast catches on v from the Club. Uh, George is a um, sports writer and he covers movies for the Acrobeca Journal. Uh, he, he gives his take on Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, he wasn't a super big fan of it, but he loved News of the World and he loved Soul. Have you guys got to watch Soul yet? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I watched a little bit of Soul actually. When, um, haven't seen it all yet, but we. We'll definitely be catching it on. I'm very excited about that. He was mortified on the podcast that I had my eight-year-old watching. He said, kind of dark for eight-year-olds, but hey, I didn't know. Um, he'll live and learn and everything. And we also hear talk- what he says about Coco. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Coco is another, you know. Yeah, yeah he, he had thoughts on Coco. And he oh, also I talked about. writing about De- de- movies involving dead people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he also had, had thoughts about the Brown Steelers. Uh, he's part of the coverage team for the Browns of Acrobat Control. And let me say this. We recorded this before yesterday. So, again, with the NFL, the news gets obsolete. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be obsolete even for what we're talking about at the end of the show because everything changes so quick with COVID and everything else. Well, yeah, that was a huge story. And again, that's going to develop. So stay tuned tomorrow. Uh, check it out. Oh, I, I got to welcome, guys. Uh, my mom checked out the podcast. I, I'm liking, uh, I'm seeing the stats. I'm liking how everybody's checking out. My mom is in a uh, wrestling facility. And she doesn't know the internet. She doesn't know anything else. But I sent her a text with a link, and I said, just click this link. And she called me yesterday, and she was talking about the show and our movie reviewer and everything else. So <laughs> welcome my mom if she checks yeah, us out yeah. today. Uh, it was fun uh, hearing about the show from her. Uh, Brandon, um, obviously, Browns are big news, but there's a couple other news stories happening we want to you to share with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'll um... – you know, obviously, today is a day of reckoning. Right now, January sixth is when yes. they're supposed to uh, certify the electoral votes, uh, and therefore officially cert- certifying that Joe Biden will be president on January twentieth. Of course, this isn't going to be your typical. It's usually what usually is pageantry, ceremonial kind of. You know, meeting the the agenda will be kind of a bit of a fight, a political fight today. There will be um, at least thirteen Republicans. Uh, uh, officials planning to, on the Senate side, I think, believe uh, to challenge uh, the cert- certification of the results in a couple states like Pennsylvania, Arizona, uh, Georgia. Um, and of course, you know, this is kind of splintered the Republican Party a little bit. You know, we, while yeah, you have your Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley's uh, um, being, on, being on the objective side, you're still got some notable uh, Republicans like uh, Tim Scott and Rob Portman apparently saying, no, uh, the Constitution's pretty clear. Uh, we're going to go ahead. There's nothing real path to um, stop this. Um, on top of that, as procedures go, usually it's the vice president who opens the, um, or opens, so to speak, the, the ballots casted, the electors. Um, and had to, so there was some speculation that this would be um, 
that uh, Pence could say not to could not recognize or acknowledge basically any electors from some of the um, challenged states. But there's been reports that even Pence has told the president he doesn't think there's really anything he can do. So it's going to be an interesting day. Um, You know, this is coming after uh, it looks like Democrats might have won both seats in Georgia's runoff election. Uh, Therefore, that would give Democrats in um, a a 50-50 split majority, um, just where uh, when Kamala Harris comes in as vice president on the 20th, she'll have the tiebreaker vote. So a lot of it's going to be a bit of a crazy, crazy year if if, the way things are going right now, depending on how things shake out today there. Um, Thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, and there was some breaking news on that even late last night. Apparently, um, I, I guess there's some, if you're buying the idea that something could happen today that could change the election, I, I guess some of the conversation was saying to the point where Pence could just say, hey, this is all bunk, we win. Um, and, and that obviously would be very strange and dangerous if that was true. That's not true. Uh, there was some also discussion that Mike Pence could get up and say, I don't think these electors were right, and he couldn't change the election himself. But there was some talk saying maybe he could say, just based on what he said, um, force an investigation or something. And it was interesting because last night it was reported by CNN and the New York Times, uh, Trump released a statement denying it, but saying that Pence actually went to the White House last night. He talked to Trump. Trump was like, hey, man, you know, reject the electors tomorrow. Everything's good. And, you know, the Pence was like, I, I can't do that. And, you know, Pence still wants to win, but, you know, he's saying he can't. Um, but one of the things was, Everybody wants to be nice to Trump. You know, they don't want to take Trump off too much. So the latest I'm hearing is that Pence is going to make kind of be an angry dude today and make some declaratory statements. But at the same time, uh, nothing else is going to happen. So uh, it's going to be high drama today. I'll be interested to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's this possible growing divide between Republicans now as uh, some are – opposed to this challenge while just a very select few are get, kind of getting involved with it. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And, you know, like Brandon said, I, you know, it's kind of a huge day in politics because you have the Georgia runoff that appears that, you know, these the Democrats may take control of those two seats, which is would, would be huge, not, you know, not just for Georgia politics, but, you know, for, like you said, with Kamala Harris coming in as a tiebreaker vote, definitely uh, some interesting things going on here. Yeah, Brandon Lays on that. Um, Raphael Warnock, um, CNN declared him the winner late last night. And it looks like the um, Democrats are winning the other race, too. Is that what you're hearing? John Ossoff, one place that I've uh, Decision Desk HQ has called it for John Ossoff um, okay. over his uh, over incumbent David Perdue. Um, other places have not called it, but result, uh, votes look like they're going to be. Um, uh, show him in the lead. So who knows? It could be um, there could be a recount. Who know? Um, but um, it's looking it's looking on the upside for Democrats on this. But because um, you know, a lot of pollsters will say usually people in these kinds of elections like to split their vote. Like oh, you know, put the vote one Democrat, one Republican, and that will help balance it out. But I think the couple factors here was uh, um, just like one. There was a lot of attention on this election. 
Um, and then of course there was then like, you know, Republicans had, you know, despite losing the presidency had a very good night election night. They've caught, caught a few house seats, um, held, didn't, uh, held on to their, um, um, many of held on to many other seats in the Senate, if not took some, took some seats that Democrats thought they had a chance of winning. Um, so, but I think what's thrown them in through a loop is just so much talk of election fraud and elect and like, you know, what, what's simple, simple absentee ballot process has now become under such scrutiny that it's kind of probably hurt their turnout. I mean, that's just my speculation. It could be very wrong. Political pundits got, are a little more informed about, um, how this could turn, uh, about what may or may not have affected the Georgia election, but that's what seems to be the case here based on the outcome. Well, I'm wondering, is it going to be, is politics going to play a big role? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the take I make. I mean, is it, is something going to happen here or is it just more based on politics? What do you guys think about that? I'm not sure what you mean by the question. Um, well, well I, I guess what I'm saying more is, it, is there actually going to be something of substance happening, or is it just a, a bunch of political grandstanding? Um, my my screen froze up here on my end, but I, I was trying to pull up a quote from Eric Sol- Swalwell. Is that how you say his name, Brandon? Yeah, Swalwell. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had a viral tweet last night where he was talking about um, how he's going to take on Ted Cruz. He's like, you know, Ted Cruz is going to be crushed by me. And I'm wondering if part of the discussion, there's going to be a lot of political back and forth and political infighting and a lot of shots being taken too. So, yeah, I mean, what we're expecting is it, it seems pretty apparent that uh, Biden's going to be certified as a winner. I'm wondering if there's going to be a lot of political theater, just people taking shots at each other over, you know, just from a political standpoint as well. Oh, over in the certification process, yes. Um, it's going to be a lot of grandstanding and for my understanding of what I'm reading. I mean, I, I mean, like if Pence really does see through and actually does what people have asked him to, that might cause some wrangle. But, um, um, you know, there was they're they're, they're citing pre- precedent back when Ruther B. Hayes, a um, Delaware, someone who grew up in Delaware, Ohio, or was born in Delaware, Ohio. I think he grew up in Fremont, actually. I might correct me if I'm wrong on that, Craig, but... Um, 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 actually he, he, he had, um, was in an elect presidential election that was just as contentious. And what they did is they, the Supreme court, the, um, house and Senate came up with this electoral commission that kind of settled the disputes of a few certain States elections. Um, that's what I think Republicans are currently trying to advocate for saying, Oh, there's president here. I looked at it. It looked at that. And it's very strange <laughs> that some, a commission, such a commission, I couldn't, I didn't, there's like that such a commission could be created. So I, I'm not, it's a little research there for on um, the constitutionality of that, but um, there is precedent of how they've handled disputes. So that's what they're trying to do. But of course, um, I think it's, it's, um, Constitution's pretty clear cut. States get to decide how their elect- elections go for president, how they award their electors. Um, and um, they'll probably, some objections will be raised. They'll try to go through the evidence, if any, and uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Definitely. Hey, uh, technical note uh, my browser is completely frozen. So if you guys lose me, keep talking. I'll log back in. But as of now, it should be okay. Can you guys still hear me now? Yep. Fantastic. Um, Brandon, what else we got going on today? Yeah, we got, um, uh, well, and of course, then there's some Andre Hill's funeral was yesterday. 
Um, just again, it was an opportunity for uh, civil rights leaders to just kind of, again, uh, bring up this issue about uh, relationship between the pol police interactions with um, black Americans, um, police brutality, to say the least. Um, you know, we've seen it where, um, um, you know, the, the, we've all seen the video. If not, uh, check it out. Just, um, just it's 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 eyebrow raising. Just seeing this, um, so it's for, from the way it looks like. A police officer just walks up to this house and shoots shoots a man because his hands in the pocket, phone out. Um, and, and so I'm sure there was a lot of emotion that day. There's still a lot of. Um, figuring out where do we go from here? Will this be, will this, will this keep going until what can, until policy changes can happen? So um, that's all I could uh, kind of summarize for you on that front. Yeah. yeah I, I guess the reason why I brought it up and, you know, it, it happens, uh, um, you know, they had the funeral yesterday. It's a, sadly a common ending to a awful story that keeps continuing where, you know, mistakes are made by police departments. And again, I, I still believe many, if not most, all of the police officers are in there for the right intentions, but there are people that aren't in there for the right intentions. There's people who have had a lot of um, violations in the past and because of unionized and because it's harder to get rid of bad police officers, they're still there. So I'm not necessarily condemning the police officers. I, I guess it goes back to our discussion yesterday with the wine and the stand the ground law saying, you know, here in Columbus as a city, we're sad about what happened. And I get frustrated because, you know, we had the funeral for Andre Hill. Um, you know, there was a funeral, the, uh, I think, last week for Casey Goodson. And we're getting to the point where after the funeral happens, how is this going in productively? And I'm I'm frustrated because I think sadly it's going to be like everything else has happened um, where nothing happens. Um, look at Wisconsin yesterday. Uh, Jacob Blake, uh, he was a unarmed uh black man um and he had he had supposedly a weapon in his car but he wasn't close to that weapon and they shot him seven times in the back he died well yesterday they announced hey there's gonna be no charges at all and i i just get sad as a country with that because i'm not all for like you know getting rid of police departments and everything i i just don't like the fact that nothing happens that other than these podcasts or talk shows or pundits or whatever, you know, we whine and moan about for a while and then we forget about it. Nothing happens. I mean, uh, what do you think it's going to take for something productive to come out of this? And I'm not even talking just about the police officer being arrested. I'm talking about real reform where we don't have to hear about these things 10 times a year. Well, you, you think that we've talked about this for several years now and, you know, police, I know a lot of police, we've done stories that, you know, we've all done stories or shared stories about, uh, you know, local police departments, you know, doing training or having, you know, detailed excessive force policies. But yet in the heat of the moment, sometimes that stuff just gets thrown out the window. And, and again, you know, when my in my dealings with police up in, in my area, you know, I would say talking to, to local leaders and sheriffs and police chiefs, you know, 98% of police are, are doing the right thing in the country. But yeah, there is a section of, of officers that either have the bad intentions or maybe make severe mistakes and, you know, they need to pay for it, but we're not seeing, you know, sort of these end results where in Kenosha, we have no charges for the Jacob Blake slaying. You just wonder if, 
you know, examples need to be made of some of these officers that get involved in these things to really enact change because the, the it just all of this stuff just exacerbates the tension that's already out there. And, you know, we need we need results to some degree, whether it's, you know, firing. I mean, they finally uh, fired the officers in, in Kentucky, but, you know, when's it all going to change? And, you know, we, we keep talking about it and we've had a whole, you know, basically about seven, eight months now since, you know, May with George Floyd that we really, you know, hit the ground running on, on you know, wanting to get police reform or racial equality. And it just seems like we just take... T- 10 steps back every time we take one step forward. Brandon, you think anything's going to change here? Uh, not for the seal of for a couple of reasons. One, policing, the power of the policing, you know, is usually a power reserved to states. Um, state legislatures are the ones really who can make changes and local governments to an extent can make changes. Um, you know, and so um, it's a national problem, but it's, but it's really a, um, st- but it's, it's also uh, technically, but something that can only be addressed by each individual state since um, um, that because um, that's at the end of the day, it's something that, that that's under their jurisdiction for the most part. Um, so that's why you won't be able to see like a federal government or Congress or president come out with some legislation. I mean, maybe they could craft some legislation that says, hey, we'll offer some funding and in exchange, you've got to meet these standards. I mean, that's kind of the extent of like how, how like you know that's the biggest challenge in this country is how do you go about getting the outcome you want how what's like the appropriate path i mean some sometimes you want to take this up through the court system um sometimes you want to go through federal but some it's easy as you know checking out who's in who's in your state legislature right now and asking the tough questions um and you know state of ohio state of pennsylvania and other Midwestern states and other probably others and other in inverse, the coastal states. I mean, you've got uh, strong populations that help slant the state one way on the political spectrum. And then, um, and then um, you have swap yet. You have might have large swaths of area that vote another way. So there is a very, there is some concerns there. I don't know if we'll ever get that kind of political change that we're seeking or some out of the box ideas. We're seeing some out of the box ideas. or that aside from defund the police talk, you know, we've seen stories about, you know, for some 911 calls that goes to um, it, instead of getting police going to a, a scene, you have mental health professionals go out. Um, I don't know if that's, that's the way forward. It sounds like a good idea. Let's, let's talk more about, uh, let's talk more about those kinds of ideas rather than just doing the black and white version of have police, don't have police. Um, let's figure out, let's really look at, how can we prevent the prevent situations like Andre Hills going in the future? What can what can we what could have been done before before um, that police officer even set foot in that on that property? I think those are questions we're not asking, and we should be asking more of these questions. Well, and I got to applaud uh, Mayor Ginter, um, me here in Columbus. Um, he's taking a and aggressive probably isn't the right word to use because aggressive kind of denotes that he's going crazy on this. But he's really taking a forceful, I guess maybe a better word. Um, you know, he really called for the officers firing. And obviously there needs to be an investigation in terms of from a shooting standpoint. Those things can't happen right away. But just the whole idea of not having the body camera on. 
um, you know, that alone, you know, if it ends up in a shooting or if it just, if the guy just forgets to turn his body camera on, all is a big problem. And I applaud Ginther for doing this. I, I'll tell you guys, um, uh, we have a daughter, our eight-year-old adopted daughters of color, and we wanted, we took her to Vineyard Church in Columbus for a vigil. Uh, this was right after the George Floyd death. And it was interesting, a, a lot, a very racially mixed church, which is great. I think it reflects what heaven's going to be like. And they were really, it was a service of layman where they were just talking uh, a lot of frustrations about what was happening with police and everything else. And I got applaud Ginther because Mayor Ginther came to that service. They called him to the front. They prayed with him and everything else. And, and you know, Ginther really even speak during the service. I don't know what his feelings were like beforehand or not, but it seems like Ginther kind of understands these frustrations. And I'm hearing that when I hear his, his press conferences and remarks after the shooting. So I like the fact that Ginther is kind of making a public pronouncement and hopefully it's more, hopefully something happened from this. And, yeah, you're right, Brandon. I mean, we just gotta keep talking. We we gotta keep the conversation going and and trying to find practical ways that both sides of the issue can agree on. Because I think just doing the same thing and not making any changes isn't productive moving forward. I mean, when this stuff keeps happening, you've got to say, okay, something screwed up. We gotta make a change. I I mean, look, look at the Jacob Blake thing. I mean, that guy was shot seven times in the back. And there's no charges, period. I mean, I'm not saying you should execute the police officer on the spot, but no charges or no discipline at all? I mean, come on. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, yeah, in that sense, like, who, um, who is, like, the sole power of just the ability to charge someone with a crime? You know, grand juries and district yeah. attorneys are kind of involved in that process. And that process, I think, should also be reviewed and examined. Um, um, it seems like, is it, is it simply, is there too much of a conflict of interest or is there a perception of conflict of interest? I mean, those are kind of, we've kind of talked about it on Chris on this podcast, on our older variations of podcasts yes. in previous years, uh, whenever this issue has come up. But, um, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I think every, every aspect of, of the judicial process, um, and, uh, criminal justice system needs to be looked at from. Um, and just saying what can be done better. You know, I mean, maybe we need to look to um, other countries, other cities, seeing how not how they do policing. Obviously, there's a lot of differences, you know, especially with their relationship with guns. Um, but, you know, maybe there's police protocols and procedures that are very useful that maybe or practices that they do that help de- um, that uh, could be applied over here in the States that uh, might may or may not reduce um, uh, situations like this. Um, well, so a good, healthy mix. Like, I like what you're saying where you have other types of people coming to help, but I mean, I, I still think you need some police officers, uh, involved, but, but just approach it from a different angle. Um, you know, don't militarize the police departments and everything, just kind of approach it from, you know, a different angle where you're still using police, but, but use people that could definitely help out in situations. And it, it's tough. I mean, we have two kids in our house. One's a 14 year old that's nonverbal who um, has a hard time listening uh, at, at times. And I get afraid of what happens if he encounters the police. And he's a nice kid and everything else, but, y- you know, you don't know. And I think there needs to be more training and everything else available. And, uh, yeah, it, it, something definitely needs to be done. 
Well, let's end this today. Um, we've talked a lot about a lot of serious issues, but I think uh, it's partly because 2021 is becoming like 2020. It's messed up, and there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world. But let's talk about something fun. Brandon, one of the main themes of our show over the years has been food. We enjoy food. Food's great. And, um, guys, McDonald's uh, on Monday announced three new chicken sandwiches. And I, I'm excited to hear about this. I've donated a lot of money to McDonald's in the past. <laughs> That's why it looks so great right now. Um, but let me tell you, uh, these sandwiches are going to be available on February 24th. So I, I need you guys' opinion on this. Let me read the description of each of the three. Tell me real quick if you like it or not. I, I got here, and I'm looking at my cell phone because my um, screen is still frozen, so hopefully I'll look okay. But uh, we've got the crispy chicken sandwich, guys. It's topped with pickles and served on a potato roll. I got to say, I, I'm i kind of down. Um, Craig, uh, are, you, are you impressed by that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would probably try it. You know, I just, I, I always kind of wonder, like, why the chicken craze? I mean, I love chicken as much as the next guy, but why are we in this chicken sandwich war that, you know, we, we just got inserted in the middle of? I just, I don't know. McDonald's is getting in, and you've got Wendy's is saying that they didn't invent the chicken sandwich, but they perfected it. Popeye's, and yeah, everybody just goes crazy over chicken sandwiches nowadays. I don't, I don't get it. I'm, it's kind of strange to me. It's, it, it kind of feels like, I, I know this is kind of like a Seinfeld rant, but like why the chicken sandwich war all of a sudden? Well, Popeye's had the most amazing marketing campaign. Right. Brandon, there was, uh, what, there was a time last year where Popeye's was the main topic for a show, what, eight weeks in a row? It was crazy. Uh, no, people were got violent when they couldn't get their chicken sandwiches, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Popeyes. Had, I think the first four weeks was legitimately good marketing for Popeyes, and then everyone got so insane about Popeyes. Like we, yeah, you're right. There was like violence. There was people getting in fights over Popeyes. So the first four weeks was, I guess, kind of going off press releases from Popeyes. Right. And the last four weeks was covering the crime that happened from Popeyes. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I'll tell you, I, I never really Popeyes wasn't on my radar. And I got to admit, I made a couple trips to Popeye's last year. And it's funny. I'm assuming that chicken sandwich is still there. I really haven't gone. Maybe it was because of COVID. Maybe I just, you know, got busy. But I, I haven't gone there recently. But, yeah, it, it was a marketing crazy type thing. I, I don't know about the crispy part of the chicken sandwich. I mean, sometimes the crispy isn't the healthiest for you. And sometimes it doesn't even taste that great. Um, Brandon, I, I know you have some restrictions based on what you could eat, but in theory, does that sound like a good sandwich? This potato roll and pickles and a crispy chicken? I mean, it sounds good. Uh, it does sound, remind kind of sounds like, I don't know if they still have the sandwich, probably not the Southwestern chicken sandwich they had back in the day, but, um, which was kind of similar model of a bun pickle and this nice spicy, spicy, not, not spicy hot, but like kind of like a seep spicy seasoned, um, chicken sandwich. But, um, um, yeah, I think you're right, though, Crispy, though. I will say I did have the a Popeye's chicken sandwich last year, and I thought it was a little overrated. I mean, maybe I just got a bad a bad uh, patty or whatever. Um, a lot more crispy, a lot more breading than, yeah. than I probably will ask for. I do kind of like prefer, like, whereas Chick-fil-A is, it's just, it's just meat. It's just pure, 100% juicy, high-quality meat. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. So, I mean, and on top of that, Chick-fil-A's customer service, I mean – Regardless of what you, what what you think about their political leanings, I mean they they it's just um, 
you know, if you can go to a drive-through in the uh, at the Grandview location, it's long. It's a long line, but they go boom, 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 boom. It's gone. You're in. You're hardly in there at all, and they still those workers um, do a phenomenal job of just uh, using their customer key, uh, service keywords. Um, you know, um, just it's a, it's a good experience. I had a bad Chick Fil A experience though on on a Columbus location la- uh, late last year, so I'm not sure <laughs> if it's every location, but. Uh, um, but yeah, this, the chicken sandwich, I'm done with my van, van on the crispy. Yeah. And on East and mall Chick-fil-A, uh, that's the closest one we have to our house here in Columbus. And yeah, it, it's amazing. There's like stations set up. There's a big tent outside and, you know, my wife used to work at Chick-fil-A when she was in high school and she keeps raving about how wonderful it is there and everything else. Um, yeah, very good. And I, I'll tell you too. And my wife would get mad hearing me talk about this, but I don't like those like Hawaiian buns, I, I guess. I, I mean, well, not the sweet. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, they taste ugh, gross. And uh, my wife gets mad because I'm very particular about bread for sandwiches. Potato rolls, I, I, it's always strong for me. I mean, it's that's a common rule, but I, I mean, I'm down with the potato rolls if we have like sandwiches like that. I'm also down, and this isn't part of the McDonald's story, but the pretzel rolls. Have you guys had the pretzel buns? Those are awesome. Yeah. I'm also a brioche fan. I don't know if you've ever had brioche, but it's no. a very nice, soft, fluffy, buttery roll with sort okay. of like a hardened top, but not hardened because they. You know, it just it just has a nice little hardened crust, but not because he toasted. It's just a it's a great it's a great hot. We've used it for hot dogs, but we also love the the sandwich roll for a, a hamburger, and that's what uh, Chick Fil A uses. So, I need more good uh, food ideas because, like last night, um, I work from home. Uh, wife comes home from school, and she's like, "Get in the car, we're gonna go wherever you want to go for a supper." And I looked at her and she got so frustrated because I'm like, I don't know where to go. I mean, nothing sounds good tonight. And I ended up getting like some Italian sandwich from Arby's. And she's like, this is boring. It's your birthday. I'm like, yeah, I can't think of anything better. So, yeah, we need more food talk here, especially since we're doing this daily. Because when my wife says, hey, where do you want to go? And I look at her blankly. It it was frustrating for her. It's frustrating for me, too. Uh, Let's quickly go to these other two sandwiches. The spicy chicken sandwich. Now, Big question that's not addressed in this article is how spicy is it? But they're saying it adds a spicy pepper sauce. I'm I'm not down with this. I'm not I'm not really into sauces on my sandwich. Brandon, or does this interest you at all? Uh, yeah. Well, believe it or not, McDonald's did have a chick- spicy chicken sandwich back in the aughts, maybe. Um, whenever yeah. I was doing, uh, I was part of I was in the Boy Scouts and. When we got oh, back from okay. camping trip, we would always stop by McDonald's for lunch on Sundays, and um, that was always my go-to. <laughs> it's just I don't know if that sandwich is the same as what they're rolling out. It sounds a little different, um, partly because Wendy's has just done has always had that had a good foothold in that uh, spicy chicken sandwich market, if I recall. But um, but now ever you know, chicken's the craze now, so let's bring back the spicy chicken sandwich. I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this one tastes. I'm curious if if it's like a plain chicken patty, but with the with it's the sauce that makes it spicy, or if it's like a um a, 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 a kind of a pre-made spicy chicken uh chicken patty. So, um, that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, Craig, I'm not a huge sauce guy at all. 
But spicy pepper sauce. Now again, I, I've got weird tastes. That scares the heck out of me. What, what does it do for you? Uh, yeah, I'm not a spicy guy at all. I just I don't have the palate for it. Um, the spiciest thing that I really feel like I can eat are Tyson buffalo wings. Uh, these they they're prepackaged frozen buffalo wings that are like a buffalo sauce. That's about as spicy as I get. I just do not do well with spice. I don't like it. It just uh, not for me. I will not be doing the spicy McDonald's chicken sandwich ever. Okay. Fair enough. And then the last one, we can briefly brush over this because this isn't dramatically different, I think. Um, probably for McDonald's, though. They're having a deluxe chicken sandwich, and they say it comes with lettuce, tomato, and mayo. Um, I, I guess that sounds okay. I mean, I guess the most distinctive part is you got lettuce, tomato, and mayo on it. I mean, I'm not sure... It's probably a, a basic chicken patty. Um, I'm not a big mayo guy. I don't know. In theory, does this sound okay to you, Brandon? Um, yeah, it just sounds like a classic sandwich. Um, doesn't, yeah, <laughs> nothing else bad. Yeah, nothing too appealing there. I'm, uh, Craig. Yeah, I agree. It, nothing. It doesn't really seem like it's any different than anything that they've ever offered. I mean, it seems like every five or ten years. Everybody wants to try to like re redo their their chicken sandwich menu to make it seem like it's new and fresh and hip. But yeah, I'm not a mayo fan, so um, I I'm like the most boring fast food order ever because I don't like mayo. I don't like sour cream. So yeah. if I go to Taco Bell, anything I get has to have no sour cream, or I just don't like stuff like that. It's just the way it is with me. But yeah, I'm not a mayo fan. I'm not usually a big McDonald's fan anyway, so I probably won't ever try any of this stuff. But because uh, if I want a chicken sandwich, I'd like just go to Chick Fil A. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like a straightforward sandwich, and just kind of almost sounds like something they probably have had on the menu for 20 years that they've just kind of like rebranded a little bit. I, I'm very weird. I don't like any sauce at all. I don't like ketchup. I don't like mustard. Um, Guys, I, I, I usually say, yeah. I, my my common thing if we go to fast food places say oh I want cheese and pickles that way I know they can't screw it up. Uh, Wendy's had this sandwich, um, this uh, they had pretzel buns. I can't remember the name of it. It was some type of mix, and I always had to ask for it without sauce because they had like two different sauces on it, which is kind of nuts. So. Was it like a beer sauce or just like a beer cheese sauce kind of thing? Yeah, they had, and you can either get in like a chicken or you can get in a burger. Yeah, yeah. It, it was different. And then finally, like one frustrated fast food worker is like, dude, wow. just order a double with pretzel buns on it. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll do that. So, yeah, <laughs> we, we could probably go for months talking about how much I frustrate local fast food workers. That, that could be a, a divergent path we take on this podcast. So should be interesting. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate everything. I need to ask you guys for a favor. Um, I, I saw the frozen screen on my end. Uh, we're going to close in a minute. If you if the podcast keeps going, if you could fill and talk for a minute or two about stuff, and I'll come back on and close it. But I, I'm just not sure. It's asking me to restart my browser. I'm not sure if that's going to end the podcast or keep it going. So if it's going, can you guys fill a minute or so? I think so. Brandon, you good with that? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. 
Fantastic. So we're going to close right now. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, just talk about the news of the day. I, I hate to plan ahead because, again, it's just been a crazy uh, season with COVID news and everything else. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about the latest and what's happening in Ohio from COVID to sports to everything. Um, later today, we're scheduled on our podcast to interview the great Trey Ryder. Um, who's the main announcer for ESPN's cornhole coverage. Um, we're slated to chat later. That'll be our interview part of the podcast. Hopefully that'll be up uh, tomorrow. We also have upcoming interviews with uh, Columbus Dispatch reporter uh, Megan Henry and a couple other people we're excited to share. Oh, Tom Soft, uh, president of the Columbus Zoo. He stopped by a few weeks ago, and we'll share that interview in the next coming days as well. All right, thanks, everybody. And, again, um, be ready to take over if, if I'm not done. I'll be back on. And uh, if it ends, feel free to take off, guys. Enjoy it. Have a great day. And we'll see you guys tomorrow morning. All right. Well, we're still live. It looks like, Brandon, um, you know, since we just got done talking about the uh, the fast food chicken wars, do you have like a go-to fast food meal or a go-to fast food item that you just, no matter where you are, you got to get it? Uh, well, I would say late, uh, as of last year, it would be, um, uh, it would be Chick-fil-A's, uh, spicy chicken sandwich right now. I, I'm trying to cut back on my fast food eating. So, um, but that would be probably the closest one at, well, based on last year's, um, uh, experience. So I'm a Chick-fil-A mac and cheese guy. That's, um, if, if we're out, and we get something, even if I don't want Chick-fil-A, that's what I, I kind of go for is the Chick-fil-A mac and cheese. I, I would say that um, mostly though I do, I do like local, some of the local food trucks in my area. And there's this place called Royal Burger. Um, they're located off of West Broad Street. Um, um, but I swear they are, they are somehow getting McDonald's products because when I get their burgers, I'm like, this tastes like a Big Mac. <laughs> I, I, I and I look at the at the buns. It looks like the same kind of ingredients. I feel like they're sourcing it or they're hijacking a McDonald's truck on the way, but it's still good. Um, so they do some pretty good foods there too. Um, my my wife and I are pretty taken also with this other local place off also off the West Broad near the great Great Western shopping area called Icarumba. Um, just really some good Mediterranean Mexican um, foods there. So. Um, but yeah, that's those are kind of a couple other shout outs I'll do for some small business. Yeah, apparently the show didn't end right away, but thankfully I was able to restart my browser quick. So yeah, it, hey, it was bonus material. I yeah. should have you guys go and see how long you guys have gone. Maybe you've we gone we all day. About, we were talking about our go to like our go to fast food item slash go to fast food um meal so i don't i don't know if you want to chime in really quick what's your favorite uh, go-to meal or fast food item that you can't live without uh kind of my snack is like a chocolate milkshake from mcdonald's but again this is bad i mean i'm i gotta lose a little bit more weight i'm already confessing to going to too many fast food places ticking off fast food workers around ohio and you know drinking milkshakes so 
Yeah, it's going to be on my reel. So what happens like in two weeks if I'm dead and if some news place wants to do a story on me, maybe the dispatch will say, hey, our worker here, Chris Pugh, died. You guys can play that clip. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, two weeks ago, he was talking about all the fast food and milkshakes he was eating. And <laughs> I wonder why he had that heart attack. What was happening? And then you'll he, play that clip of me going, I like fast food and <laughs> milkshakes. Mm, you know, it's, it'll just be tough. Be one of those ironic, sad, you know, yeah. clips that they play. But no, it'll be good. Well, thanks for hanging out. Um, I think we'll close now, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great night. Have a, have a good one.